0: Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. All right, everyone, I am here with Santiago Giraldo. Santiago is Director of Product Marketing for Data Engineering and Machine Learning at Cloudera. Santiago, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sam. Hey, looking forward to catching up with you and sharing a bit about what Cloudera is up to and what you showed and discussed at the TwiMLCon conference. But before we dive into that, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, uh, I lead product marketing for uh, machine learning and data engineering at Cloudera. My background is is actually quite eclectic. I I studied uh, environmental science uh, and then urban ecology. And then I have a long history of working mainly in GIS and spatial data science, which is really the tool of choice for solving environmental and urban
0: problems um, in physical space. Oh, wow. Etsy, like Etsy is no stranger to you? Those kinds of apps?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that, that sort of dovetailed into really working on the engineering side of stuff and trying to solve problems with data for a long time. And uh, and when when you're good at that and you're also good at writing and talking, you <laughs> fall into product marketing. That's how that's how I got here. So um yeah, in, in a nutshell, you know, about 10 years' experience in the data science, machine
0: learning, and analytics space. Awesome. And so Cloudera participated in in this recent Twomokan conference. Actually, Cloudera was founding sponsor of Twomokan. You were with us for the first event as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about the you know, the company's experience with the conference and why you are involved, why you've been involved in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And well, I guess um you know the short answer is that we're all a bunch of nerds, and we really love Twimmel. so uh, that that was probably the the number one <laughs> impetus for for us uh, diving into this. but um but no, overall, um, you know, we we feel like uh, like Twimmel is really understands um, not just not just the, the space of enterprise enterprise machine learning, but really actually speaks to the people that are in the thick of it in a way that a lot of organizations, in a way a lot of podcasts, and the way of a lot of events don't. So for us, you know, and and you mentioned we were the, uh, one of the one of the founding sponsors of Twimicon, um, which in my opinion, you know, was was one of the one of the best events for really diving into both the practical use cases of how businesses use machine learning, data science, and just data generally. Into you know their current workflows, but also talking about that higher level value of how decision makers and business teams and everybody else can get involved inside of this process, so we can create that real transformational, forward-looking change. You know, we we felt that you know in, in previous TomoCons, including this, um, including the virtual one, which which is obviously you know we're we're all in kind of this new era of, of how we do events, but um, but overall the uh, both the virtual and the um, and the physical events really helped. So, you know, I, I can talk about it on multiple levels. For me, on a personal level, it helped me really begin to understand and see how other folks are tackling really important problems inside of the machine learning space, specifically for how businesses are, are doing things. But then on a broader scale for Cloudera, you know, it really enabled us to have a platform to reach uh, a diverse group of both practitioners and machine learning leaders in a way that, uh, that is rarely found in, in certain types of events.
0: Hmm. So, tell us a little bit about Cloudera and what it's up to in the data engineering and machine learning space. Yeah, absolutely. So, you recall a
1: couple of years back, we launched the Cloudera data platform and really began this vision of becoming the enterprise data cloud company. And what we really mean by that is that, you know, because of our our heritage and our background in big data management um, and in really understanding the fundamental issues with how to actually work with this big, complex information, we wanted to move forward in a way that embraced not just the modern trends of what we're seeing today, but the practical necessities of how businesses need to do this work today. So um, last year we released Clutter Data Engineering, um, and a while back we had released Clutter and Machine Learning. These products essentially form a synergy together that allow us to deliver uh, something that's really well-grounded in the way that businesses need to actually do machine learning in the enterprise. Um, it delivers on that promise that we made of... Creating an enterprise data cloud that isn't just sort of, you know, isolated by the structure identity of machine learning, but understanding that the complex issues that we need to solve with data aren't always cut and dry in that way. So with the CDP platform, not only do we do data engineering and machine learning, but we also open the toolbox and enable everything from advanced analytics and data warehousing to data visualization and, and everything in between, truly end-to-end. That's what we've been up to and uh, this year we're continuing that and pushing forward and how we do and how we shape the future of enterprise machine learning uh, for our customers.
0: Yeah, it's funny to hear you say, hear you mention Cloudera, Cloudera data engineering. Uh, in my mind, the company has been associated with data engineering for so long in so many ways, it almost sounds redundant. Yeah, Maybe tell us a little bit, you know, kind of next level of detail about that product and how it fits into the ML world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point, Sam. Um, you know, we we are known for the work that you, how we enable businesses to work with data, you know, so with all that data management and data engineering work, as well as the machine learning work and the analytics work that, that we're really making a lot of headway in. The idea behind clutter clutter data engineering is that we were looking in the market space, looking at other machine learning tools, looking at other data tools. And one of the things that we realized is that more and more we're seeing data engineering come into its own as its own standalone, sometimes a team inside of an enterprise or a function inside of an enterprise. It's one of the most rapidly growing professions, yet there's a massive shortage of purpose-built tooling that's, that really enables data engineers to do the work that they need to do. So you know what we saw time and time again inside of our customers' deployments was that you had data engineers that were doing data engineering in data science tools, or you had them that they were doing it in data management tools. Mm-hmm. But there was a big gap in mean, addressing some of the things that are really important to them, uh, mainly how do you um, curate and then orchestrate complex data from many different sources? So we decided that, you know, one of the big de facto norms in data engineering has become the, uh, the ubiquitous use of Apache Airflow as, as a tool of choice. So we decided to integrate that into the product in a way that made sense to give give them a purpose-built experience for that. In addition to that, we began to tackle some of the more common problems. So we saw data engineers digging for this needle in the haystack when there was a problem with their data pipelines. So we said, well, why don't we build purpose-built tooling that's specifically designed for identifying problems, for troubleshooting, and then for optimizing those pipelines. And then in addition to that, how do we build it in a way that makes sense? So by embracing things like complete containerization in Kubernetes, enabling data engineers to be the brokers of this information, and then deliver that data where it needs to go in a more sophisticated, more modern, and more direct way than we've seen in the marketplace
0: today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads into CML, which is more of a end-to-end, I almost want to say traditional, but <laughs> we all are <laughs> so new, like an end-to-end uh, environment for training and deploying models. Yeah, correct. So the,
1: the way that, uh, so, you know, we talk about Clutter Data Engineering, Clutter Machine Learning, but they're actually delivered as one product inside of the Clutter Data Platform. So um, mm. where data engineering leaps off, your data scientists can actually pick that up right there with the data in situ without having to move into another product or move into, you know, another point solution or whatever it might be. These teams can collaborate together seamlessly. So the idea behind Clutter Machine Learning or, or CML, as you mentioned, is really is really kind of that how do we bridge the gap from data into the machine learning workflows how do we enable data scientists to work in ways that they need to work so with the open source tools open source libraries with the gpus and cpus with auto scaling compute all of these things that you know the modern cloud dynamics have brought into the fold and you know it's really become an aspiration for many organizations to try to reach these elevated levels of of how you work with data and how you do machine learning but in addition to that, we wanted to begin to solve, you know, additional problems or problems that we're seeing in the marketplace today. Like, as an example, um, and as you know, production ML and a has been a really big topic now for a couple of years. So we built a fully integrated monitoring product directly into this in 2019, which was a time when there wasn't really a lot out there to be able to do these things. But then on top of that, we've expanded it. So we've thought about, you know, how do we bridge the gap between the data scientists, not just the data engineers and the data scientists, but the data scientists in the business. Um, and that's when we brought into the fold of data visualization, which is fully integrated into CML. And it essentially enables both data scientists and business analysts to take machine learning models, take data from anywhere and create complete predictive applications that look and feel a lot like, you know, a traditional dashboarding app or BI application. So, you know, I guess in, in a nutshell, it's really about connecting those dots. How do we think about the processes end to end? How do we create collaboration through and through? from where the data originates, all the way through to who makes the decisions, and how do we create trust and visibility across the entire life cycle? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I found was interesting, kind of reflecting on the first Twimlcon relative to the second is, I think in 2019, a lot of the focus and energy was around getting models into production. like. We spent a lot of time toying around with these models kind of in the lab. And, you know, we needed to demonstrate value and shift them over into a production environment where they can be used for real things. Whereas this year, and this is, you know, granted, a, a gross generalization, but a lot of energy seemed to be more front-loaded, like on data and data engineering and feature stores and, and things like that that Enable data scientists to build models. I, I'm curious if you know that was your observation as well. If what are you seeing in terms of the overall market, and why do you think that is? Yeah, totally.
1: Um, I I agree. Yes. Um, and, and and you know, kind of trends are a tricky thing, as you know, Sam. Um, but uh, you know, kind of the- it's why I'm over here hedging. <laughs> <the park. laughs> Totally, totally. So, you know, the the way that I see it is this. There are trendy problems and then there's practical problems. And sometimes the trendy problems are practical problems as well, not to discredit that at all. But, you know, we're still in very early stages, I think, of adoption generally in the enterprise. You know, we see a lot of organizations that are trying and failing at machine learning or trying to power things like AI use cases. So it's easy to gravitate towards what the current problem, current perceived problem is. I think a lot of times you have, um, you know, enterprise organizations that hire a bunch of data scientists, they're building models, and then those models aren't getting used. So the problem is obviously MLOps or production ML. How do you get it to production? How do we monitor it? How do we get it into the business so that people can use it? And that is, that is a significant problem, but it's not the only problem. And while that might be the trendy problem, the underlying issues with getting to production don't always just have to do with that tail end. They also have to do with where's the data coming from? Data complexity is increasing. Data scale is increasing. How do we work with this front end of it in, in a way that makes sense? So, you know, the way that I like to think about it is that, yes, as far as the trends go, we saw ML Ops and production ML become a very big topic. I think twenty and tail end of 2018, 2019, and even in 2020 to some extent. Um, and then once we had, not I don't want to say solve that problem, but once we had addressed that problem in an adequate way where organizations could wrap their head around it, a lot of them still weren't seeing those successes. So they had to gravitate towards something else to try to accelerate it, to try to drive adoption, to try to better the processes. And they discovered that you know, their data pipelines were may maybe not where they needed to be or, or, or the way that they were working across multi and hybrid clouds wasn't effective in any way. And and they needed to rethink those things. And that's really become kind of the contemporary problem. You know, my sort of sense on it is that if you don't take the entire picture into account and you only focus on those pockets of trends, then you're going to always run into some sort of issues. So one of the mantras that we have at Cloudera is we want to solve the machine learning problems of our customers today, but also the problems they're going to have tomorrow. And that was sort of the impetus for things like data visualization, data engineering, which, you know, a lot of the features there were first to market. Mm.
0: So tell us a little bit about the company's presentations at, at the conference. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we had, uh, we had our, our vice president of machine learning products, Priyank Patel, deliver a very good presentation that sort of united this idea of the machine learning lifecycle. And we use that to sort of describe this end-to-end notion, right? So, you know, you could look at MLops, you can look at data, you can look at the core machine learning processes. But all in all, if you don't embrace the entire machine learning lifecycle, you're going to run into problems at some point. Um, and you also have to enable things that you know could be complex, like how do you deal with things like streaming data, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this notion of you know connecting the dots between the various teams, eliminating the silos of your data scientists and data engineers, and creating a truly collaborative environment in a platform that's purpose-built to serve these different groups in the way that they need to be served, that was the crux of that presentation. It's really... What is the future of machine learning? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. And it's about taking a holistic approach to how we do everything in the enterprise to be successful with machine learning and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. The other session that we had was a much more hands-on session. We we actually um, took a group in a hands-on demo environment inside of Cloudera machine learning and unpacked a uh, a real-life uh, customer churn model for telecommunications companies. Um, and this was end-to-end. You know, we we uh, we brought in the data. We trained the model, we fit the model, we deployed an application for business users and really showed how that end-to-end workflow needs to connect. And then also how explainable AI has a role to play inside of it as well with, a, with that end-user business application that makes it very easy for folks to understand how decisions are made uh, and what the inputs and outputs were to those decisions so that they can trust in those predictions, which um, I think is an underlying problem that we see uh, time and time again in other companies.
0: Hmm. And how does the product or the demo uh, approach the explainability challenge? So uh, with the underlying model,
1: the churn model, we also deploy a, an explainability model using Lime. Okay. And uh, you, essentially, we, we walk through what Lime is, what it does, how it enables you to build an explainable models, and then how you can connect those models with your predictive models to create complete end-user applications. You know that, That's one small example. Um, something else I'll share with you, Sam, is that we recently released this year, actually, um, another what we consider to be a very forward-thinking feature called Applied Machine Learning Prototypes, or AMPs. Hmm. Now, what AMPs do is they essentially take uh, use industry-specific use cases, take best practices, takes the work of a data engineer, a data scientist, a, a business analyst, or an app developer, packages it all, and lets you deploy an entire prototype project with just one click. So, for example, that churn, uh, that churn example that I gave, you can actually deploy that in clutter Machine Learning with one click, um, along with other things like, like how do you build models for anomaly detection or deep learning for image analysis or how do you work with time series predictions? And what, what essentially these apps try to do is take all of the guesswork out of these very complex things that require very specialized knowledge and package them in a little bow on them for you so the the data scientists, and engineers can adapt those best practices with their own data, and move the starting line of every project as close as possible to the finished product.
0: And so it sounds like a amp uh, sounds like a kind of a packaging approach or tool for these prototypes, but it also. Makes me think a little bit of the work of FFL, uh, Cloudera Fast Forward Labs, who, which remains one of my, you know, favorite parts of Cloudera that I don't think enough people, you know, are following and know about. But that team, uh, is kind of like an applied research group that will explore stuff that's on the, you know, let's call it like the near cutting edge of machine learning and, basically show you how to do it that's right. in a very practical way. Are the, the prototypes, and I guess it's you know a naming collision because they would refer to the things that they were doing as these prototypes. Uh, is that also part of AMP or are they two separate things?
1: I know that's a, a very, very astute observation, Sam. Um, and that, that's, where I, that's where I was going next, okay. is that all of the applied machine learning prototypes are powered by Fast Forward Labs research mm. and developed by our in-house research team. And for folks that aren't familiar with Clutter Fast Forward Labs, they are a group of uh, of doctoral researchers, primarily, that their mission is to take what has only been recently possible with machine learning, data science, and artificial intelligence, and make it understandable for customers, make it practical for customers, allow them to implement it into their workflows ahead of the general market traction. So it really is truly cutting-edge research. And the Applied Machine Learning Prototypes is essentially the product that is derived from that research. All of the AMPs are cutting edge in this way. A lot of the prototypes that you'll see in the research are now available in cloud machine learning. And in the future, we we plan to continue that. So uh, right now, we have uh, have quite a few AMPs, but we expect to grow this out into hundreds uh, over the coming years. And all of this will be essentially targeted at solving very critical problems and making it as easy as possible for organizations to not just adopt it, but put it into practice and use it in an effective way. Fundamentally, I think it'll change the way that that we think about how we launch these projects and and how uh, data scientists in the enterprise are exploring new methods, new approaches,
0: and uh, new technologies. Mm -hmm. And we'll link into the show notes to some past interviews with some folks on the FFL team, but they take on topics like active learning that are at least at the time, it were primarily covered in academic research papers. And, you know, the way they approach these problems are they'll create a demo around them and like write a report that explains, you know, why it's coming into the usability horizon for enterprises and how you need to think about the space and what some of the, you know, the technology and algorithms are. Some other ones that come to mind are federated learning and, Summarization, uh, but there's there are quite a few of them, and they they've always been great reports.
1: Yes, exactly. There's uh, there's a lot of reports, and and our fast forward uh, labs team is continuing to develop reports at a pretty accelerated rate. So, if you haven't been tuned in to the research that's coming out of there, we we do publish something almost every month around very novel emerging topics in machine learning. And you know, I enjoy them. I'm sure that you'll enjoy them, Sam, and and I think that your audience would as well. You know, it's uh it's free a free research really aimed at putting a dent in that knowledge base, making it more accessible. Um, It's pretty powerful stuff. The other thing I'll add is that, um, you know, we we talked about amps inside of Clutter and Machine Learning, but these projects are open source. So you can actually find them on GitHub. Um, And if you're a data scientist and you want to play with the code outside of Clutter and Machine Learning,
0: you can do that as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Santiago, thanks so much for joining us to share a bit about what you're up to, what Clutter is up to, and your experiences with the conference.